Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series, the Adrian Val story. We continue. Uh, the year I played first grade, I was on no sign-on. A- anything I earned that year was my sign-on for the next year. But So I asked the club, can you give me some money to pay for mum and dad to fly to Melbourne? And they couldn't give me any money. No. So I couldn't even, you know, and I didn't have any money. I was yeah. A, uh, and I couldn't get them to the game, which is I was a bit devastated about. But, bet. Um, but they couldn't give me any money to do that. So I didn't have any anyone at the game in Melbourne, which is... You know, a long way away in those mm. days but um, yeah it was amazing and um, just to pull that jersey on and know that and uh, Gordy made his debut that that game as well um, yeah just to know that we were going to pull that jersey on was just unbelievable you are on standby early in the week weren't you? I was late I, so was I, it late? so I got a Donnie Furner lets me know Friday he said I think you're going to be on standby um, if there's someone injured I went oh and then didn't want to build my hopes up, but I yeah, didn't sleep too well. And then I bet the Ross Livermore rings me Saturday morning. So, mate, Steve Renouf's got to do a fitness test. Uh, mate, you're on standby. And I'm just, uh, yeah, as I've said before, just please fail, please fail. Death uh, riding. Yeah. Come on, come on, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, 20, 30 minutes later, he rings and says you're in. And it's like, oh, you know, just, and then your journey. I guess you go through your journey that got you there. And, mm. and I, for me, it was everything that mum and dad had done for me. I bet. Um, you know, all the, you know, when you're in the bush and you're in the middle of nowhere, you got to do a lot of traveling as a kid and, and they were the taxi. And, you know, yep. it was just, yeah, that phone call was just brilliant. Is it an intimidating environment walking into State of Origin camp for the first time? Yeah, I was shitting myself. And I've, then I've just gone, oh, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. Really? Well, yeah, because I'm, Alfie, Gilmester, yep. Walters, Mal, Gary Larson, all these players. Um, but then, you know, the likes of Mick Hancock and they took me under their wing and they were just – Alfie was brilliant and just, yeah, made me feel welcome. Choppy as well, who I mm. obviously knew, and, and Wally, they were great. So, um, yeah, it was brilliant. I actually, the year before, 93, when I got, I got Player of the Year and – Yes. I said to I said to Wally – when I got the trophy, I said, I'll see you next year. And he goes, no, no, we'll, we've got a trip away first. And I said, no, no, I'll see you in Origin next year. And that was my comment to him, so came true. Representative groups 
are very insular, but they're inclusive. And a new guy into a state of origin setup, whether it's New South Wales or Queensland, is welcomed like the long lost brother more times than not, isn't he? Yeah, it was so good. I, I just couldn't believe it. I was I was so nervous. Uh, on the trip there, I was in my little three-cylinder Daihatsu charade with a dodgy clutch. <laughs> Didn't even have the money to get the clutch fixed. And, um, yeah, and just yeah, rocked up there and just couldn't believe it. Went and bought a new, you know, before I got there, new pair of joggers and and all this. And then got there and they gave me a new pair of joggers. I was oh, like, oh, I didn't really have the money to buy the joggers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just, I think I got 1500 for the game and by the time tax, and they took out tickets, which I didn't even have. And then I got six, seven hundred. But yeah, you know, as I've said many, many times, I I would have played for nothing. Yeah, I would have paid them. Eighty-seven thousand people at the MCG that night. That alone, I would imagine, is a career highlight that you will recall, remember fondly until the day we put you away. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like they just when we first went out, there was hardly anyone there. And then they just come came in and droves, and and they yeah, it was just. It was loud. They mm. they didn't all know about rugby league, obviously, but but yeah, it was just it was such a good atmosphere, and and that ground is so iconic, mm. and the history you can just smell it, and it's, it's massive. Around ninety four, rumblings of a super league started. No one really knew a hundred percent what it was, but it sounded exciting. It sounded great for the players. Ninety five, it would erupt um, off the field. What do you remember of being told there's a Super League and, and what your future looked like? Well, we played Canberra Raiders in Townsville and, um, at the Cowboys and Grant Bell rang me and said, mate, you've got to go to the casino. Su- uh, Super League want to talk to you. So I was one of the first went in, into this room and our mate's there and if you sign here now, there's a check. Here's your contract. And I tried to ring my manager. I couldn't get hold of him. I'm going, oh, my God. What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. I haven't seen this much money. Um, and then I, I signed. And, but I, and then I didn't know what anyone else was doing. And then majority had signed. And as it turns out, had signed. And it was just ridiculous. Like, it was unbelievable. And then later on, the QRL rang my manager and to suss me out for the, for the fatty's origin side. Yep. And he said, oh, he's signed Super League. And I always have that regret. I wish I had played in that in that side. And The 95 side? Yeah, yeah. the 95. It would have been just brilliant. But, um, yeah. you know, but it wasn't a big like that's, in the, the day, um, you know, I liked some of the stuff that they said they were going to do. Mm. Um, the money, obviously. Um, hadn't seen that sort of money before. Mm. And um, But it was, it was interesting how they do it. They were jumping through windows. Yeah. And it was could have been done a whole lot better, and you know things could have been worked out. And mm. you know, at the end of the day, that's it, it is what it is. And players probably got paid what they deserve to be paid. I look back on it now, and it you know it's twenty six years ago. We're talking mm. about right idea, wrong execution that damaged the game. Yeah, hundred percent. There's people now still fight over it. Yeah, and um. You know, and it just, yeah, it could have been in so much better. And I guess when you've got egos involved and mm. at high levels, it's very hard to do that. But, um, you know, you look at things, how much money was coming into the game through Origin and, you know, you, the money was there. They could have just worked it all out. And, you know, I always look back at that 
Andy and go, well, you know, if you had kept Perth and you had kept Adelaide, man, there would be only one AFL team in both those towns and yep. both those teams would be thriving. Yeah, you look at the, the Reds, the Rams, uh, there was the Crushers, there were the Warriors, and there were the Cowboys all and around this time, and, and you headed back to Townsville. Was it a natural fit for the boy from the bush? Yeah, well, I, funnily, I, I got offers from nearly nearly every club to go, um, and I was like, oh, I was scared of living in Sydney, yep. um, being a country boy. Um, I would have probably loved to have gone to Newcastle or, or Illawarra, mm. um, but then Grant Bell was going to the Cowboys, and that swayed it as well. And I went yep. up there and had yeah, just a big country town, Townsville, and, yeah, just made that decision and, mm. uh, you know, um, a lot of the Gold Coast boys went as well, and um, Belly tried to sign a few more, but a couple of the powers to be didn't let him sign it. And um, but you know it was it was good. We had a good group of boats. It was hard, tough, but if we didn't go there, then the club doesn't start. The Grant Bell story is a bizarre one, isn't it? Uh, he's a good coach, Belly. He's one of the best coaches, and he he didn't get on with Marty Bella mm. um, and struggled to handle Marty, and that that was. That hurt him. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he had, had a run-in with, I think, one of the directors didn't didn't help as well. But Belly, if Belly had stayed there and Belly had been the coach in 96, it would have just gone from strength to strength. They scoured players from across the, the compass. You were one of them. You started game one at centre, which is wonderful to have on your, your resume, but... You look back with different memories of game one for the Cowboys. Ah, oh, shit, man. I felt so good before that game. I was like, I'm going to have the biggest game here. And it just felt amazing. The crowd, when you walked in, it was a party atmosphere. Yeah. We bloody laid turf that week. You know, all the players laid turf around the Oval because they had to. Grand Bell said, boys, we're not training today. We've got to go and lay turf. If we don't get this turf laid, the ground's not going to be ready for the weekend. So all the players, reserve grade and first grade, laid the turf around the hills of the of the stadium. So Turned we, into landscapers for the day. We did, and you wouldn't get NRL players doing that today, but that's what we did. And so we played a massive part in that stadium opening, and then and then it rained on the first night, and um, uh, half of the turf slid down anyway, oh. but... Um, yeah, it was just oh, just a walk in. There was bands playing. Mm. I think Lee Kernigan was there, and um, yeah, and then got sent off very very early. Uh, Matt Ryan, I was going to absolutely drill him, and he sort of came down a bit, and I've come up a bit and hit him fly, or shoulder, my shoulder here. I didn't hit him in the arm. Shoulder hit him on the cheekbone, and Tim Mander is the quickest send off in history of. He, I didn't even finish the tackle, and his arm was in the air, pointing yep. to the to the dressing room. I'm just going, what? I, I couldn't. I've never been Sinbin before then, so I didn't even know where to go, and I was absolutely gutted. Um, and then at the judiciary, I had a good case because um, how my tackling style. And anyway, I walked out, and they left the microphones on, so all the media could hear him. And they're going, "Oh, we'll just give him a week, hey?" And they go, "Yeah, yeah." And Greg McCallum's ran back in there, said, so you have to turn the microphones off. I can hear you. And then by the time I got back in there, I got two weeks. How does that work? Oh, no, but, you know, I, I, des- I deserved it. So, yeah, I was disappointed, but I played – once I came back, I played the rest. Of the- I never missed a game. I'm sensing you still remember walking off. What were your thoughts? I was just 
Well, one, I didn't know where I was supposed to. I was, went to the bench and they said, no, nah, you've got to go to the dressing room. And then I was the just shoot. going. And then the crowd were booing the ref and and I was gutted, absolutely gutted and went and sat in the dressing room, just gutted. Just I've let me down, teammates yep. down, first game, sent off. Anyway, I'll, I'll be remembered forever. Cracking story. You also captained the club, mate. A huge honour for a new club. Yeah, it was amazing. Graham, oh, I finished the last three games that year as captain, and then Graham Lowe made me the captain for 96, yep. and yeah, was, you know, captain every game. And um, funnily enough, but um, they made the new stadium, the Cowboys, and my name wasn't on the captain's walk. They'd forgotten I was captain and gave it to Dean Schifoletti, and even in the boardroom, his photos up in the boardroom's captain, so, so I had to say that oh, – Oh, as my name on the yeah on the thing, they said, "Oh no, you weren't the captain." I said, oh, "I was in '96. I was the captain. I captain every game, so it was good to be remembered." But they've rectified. Is it rectified? Rectified yeah, now. Good. So, but yeah, that was a little disappointing. But yeah, I loved it, and you know, um, we had a better second year in '96. Mm-hmm. We had some good wins: um, Illawarra and Cronulla. Um, the very first win was against. Oh, that was the first year. The very first win was against Illawarra. Sorry, and. Uh, Cronulla and Newcastle, uh, which have yeah, we had some really good wins in 1996. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. I think it's fair to say and respectfully to say it was a slow start for the Cowboys, but the belief was there that if the business of the North Queensland Cowboys was set up properly, there's enough talent within the, the region and there's enough fanaticism that the whole thing would work eventually, and it has. Yeah, it has, and the supporters, I probably didn't mention them, but they're unbelievable. Yeah. Tw- We'd get 20,000 to a game, and when the first year we won two. I think we won five, maybe five wow. in the in the second year. And But every week they turned up, and they were just brilliant, and it was such a good atmosphere and, you know, couldn't ask for better supporters, and, you know, anyway. Not all times are great. Not all times are remembered fondly. From captain and absolute rock of the side, you got the tap when Tim Sheens got there. What on earth happened there? Well, I was just gutted because I'd I'd played, finished, played half the year at lock and then I'd played, had a torn groin, which I kept, I played through. So I didn't, as I said, didn't miss a game. Then they, Super League had the name a 25-man squad, I think. Yep. Anyway, Tim's named it. This is like November, mid-November, I think. Um, and I wasn't in it and then Tim said, oh, you want to, you want to suppose you want to have a chat? And I said, oh, that'd be nice. And then called him and called me into his room, and he's sitting at the table. And he said, "Ah, oh, mate, you're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. And you got limited ability." And I'm just gone, well, slid down into my chair, yeah. and he said, "I'm going to bring a centre in who can score tries." And uh, and I was thinking, well, I played half the season at lock, but yeah, and that was where I was always my progression yep. was always going to go. And then I said, "Oh, mate, you you're not at you're not at Canberra now." I said, if you put me outside Laurie Daly, Ricky Stewart, I'll score tries mm. every day of the week. But so this isn't Canberra. And I, I was just gutted. He goes, oh, you know, I can have a word to someone in England and da-da-da. But then I, so I was like, holy. I was absolutely gutted. Like, I don't mind him not wanting me, 
but don't belittle me and say you're not big enough, not yep. fast. Like just tell me you don't want me. Yeah, that would have been hard enough. But yeah, um, so then I looked like I was going to go to Melbourne. Looked like I was going to go to uh, the Bulldogs and mm. Warriors, and it all fell through. And I'm just going, what am I going to do? So I rang up Chris Johns and Michael O'Connor, who are advocates of Super League, or look after their own. Yep. And I said, what are you doing for me? I said, I haven't got a club. Oh, and then I, that was when I first felt a little bit let down by that by the organisation yeah. because you know they were all one. Yes, and then well, that was their selling point. We're all in this together. Yeah, yet I couldn't get a club. I mm. hadn't done anything wrong. I wasn't you know a bad person, anything like that. But um, then Daryl Vandervelt, yep, rang me and said, "Mate, would you be keen to go to Castleford in the UK?" And I went, "Jeez," and then, but I I actually. Knew of Castleford because when they won the 86 Challenge Cup, I got up in the middle of the night to watch them because Jamie, Sandy, Ian French played for them. So I mm. supported them. And then, yeah, I said, I'll go go for a year um, and then come back. And then that's where I ended up. I went from the summer of Australia to the winter of the north of England and freezing cold and you know, Lee Crooks and the likes, John Joyner uh, yeah. as a coach. Um Gary Stevens, the ex-Manly Premiership winning, mm. he was assistant coach. Um, yeah, it was it was a, certainly a, a, a distinct change in weather and, and conditions. But um, yeah, I, they that's, made me feel welcome. That's a life adjustment because Charleville is nothing like Castleford. <laughs> uh, from Charleville to Castleford, from yeah, and it was so hot in Australia to. Freezing. I remember the second session I was there it was a night session, and this young fella hit me right in the nose with a. It was, it was, a, it was supposed to be a baseball. Well, it was a baseball, right Literally. in the nose. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to punch him because it hurt that much, and because I just couldn't get over. You had to rug up. Yeah. Weren't allowed to wear gloves, and but yeah, it was. And then yeah, we lost eleven games straight, and I was copping it deluxe, left, right, and center. So I was just going, "What am I doing here?" Mm. So that was tough. Tough adjustment? Yeah. Life adjustment? Everything. Everything was yeah. tough. I'm just going, you know, I'm trying my hardest. Yep. We're losing. I'm getting the blame, you know, and I'm just going, what am I doing here? I had my good mate Bundy Rum after a game. Yeah. <laughs> Someone had sent a bottle over and that was that was that was what I was doing, going, what am I doing here? You know, like, is it is it that bad that I've yep. you know, then they you know, replaced John Joyner, who's a really good fella, um, and then Stuart Raber came in and probably turned the club around, went mm-hmm. back to basics, good coach, and then we sort of escaped relegation, and then by the end of the year they loved me, which was good. What was the turnaround? When did you feel comfortable? When did you feel happy? Was it more than just a, a different coach? Oh, it was a bit of everything. It, we had the World Club Challenge, if you remember then. And yeah. So we, we came over to Australia, and Stuart – just use that as a bonding trip. Well, we had a fair drink. Like yeah. We played the Hunter Mariners in Perth and we had some good drinks, but we really – it actually saved our season because we came back and played some good footy. Yep. And I then started going to the Monday Night Supporters Club and uh, a bloke called Mick Morgan, if anyone's heard of Mick Morgan, he's a legendary commentator over there who yeah. if you go on YouTube, you'll he, – um, he would run this Monday Night Supporters Club where they'd show the game of the weekend, yeah. play bingo – have a beer. So I started going to that. I was the only player who went and I got to know the true supporters and they said, look, we don't hate you. That's just the so-called supporters. Yeah. We think you're 
putting in the effort in. And so I got to know them. I got to know more about the culture, the history. So then I became close to the club. By this stage, you really bought into it. Yeah. So then then we started started winning some games. And then I played – I just – this game, we were playing Bradford midweek and I just found out that day that um, my wife was having twin boys. So I went out and played Bradford and scored two tries and had a blind and then we went – three days later went to Paris and played Paris saint Man, I got man the match in that game and then it sort of – it just changed. And then I just – by the end, you know, I was playing with confidence then. and then by the end of the year we escaped relegation with a couple of games to go, which is massive. Mm. Um, and then yeah, then each year got better and better. You just mentioned confidence Still trying to figure out this whole confidence thing, if where it comes from, where it goes, how you win it, how you lose it. But it's the difference in an elite athlete and it's the difference in a collective group of athletes, if they win or lose. Yeah. Well, my best mate, Graham Bignall, who's from Charleville, was over there and living in London. And he went to the um, markets there in, in London and found an old cast of a tiger's flask, little little flask, and he gave that to me and I thought, that's a – that was like my good luck charm. So yeah. I, was like, I was like kissing that every yeah, nice. the game, and but it was just silly things like that because you just go back to everything. So why you know? And, yep. and but really, you know, I never worked it out by the end of the year that why uh, by the end of my career I was still trying to work out what goes on in between your ears. But it's just more relaxed if you're more relaxed and you don't think about it. But yeah, when you're just when you're playing good, it just happens mm. naturally. But when you're not playing good, you just you think the worst. You worry about everything and yeah i'm just glad it got better 99 it was the year the one you probably look back on most fondly um good year collectively great year personally yeah we had such a good team that year in terms of everyone just got on so Mm. well you had aaron raper came over michael eager dale fritz and just work work good players like um Michael Ego, a lot of people might not have heard of him, but from Newcastle, play the Crushers, but probably one of the best centres I've played with, yep. scored tries. Aaron Raper, a very smart hooker, you know, and Dale Fritz, whatever he hit, stayed hit, you know. and Didn't it? And yeah. just a good bloke. All three were good blokes. Yeah. You know, they were the Aussie fellas. And James Pickering, who's a good mate, he came over from the Bulldogs, mm. big enforcer. And again, champ, just a champion fella. Brad Heppy. Uh, the Kiwi fella, mad as a cut snake, just put the fear of God in everyone. Yeah. Then you had Dean Sampson, Danny Orr, you know, those those people. We all got on well on and off the field and, you know, we just lost in the semi-final of Challenge Cups as a steel wretch scored a try mm. against London. We had played Leeds and and then we, yeah, we had a great year and just missed out in the grand final and, and got an award at the end, which is, was brilliant. Named in the Super League Dream Team, won the coveted Man of Steel. You were the first Tiger, the first Queenslander to do so. As we sit here in 2021, how fondly do you look back on those achievements? Yeah, to make the Dream Team was pretty cool because I kept out Andy Farrell, who's yeah. um, you know a bit of an icon over there, good fellow as well. Um, had a yeah, he um, to do that was good to win the Man of Steel. I went to the awards and I just. Happy to get an invite. I was having a drink, staying at, stayed at the hotel where I was yeah. at, so I you know, didn't have to go anywhere. And we just got knocked out too the weekend before. So, um, and then all the other awards, they they just read out everyone, all the nominees. And you know, they started, man, is still started talking about me. So I'm like, I'd switched off. 
And then they've gone, oh, he's the first Carlsberg player to win the Man of Steel. And then I've gone, is that what they just said? And then they looked over uh, Michael McDonald, an Aussie bloke who ran yeah. our marketing. He knew and he's gone, you won it. I went, you're kidding me. And then I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was trying to put my suit, you know, suit on and, and then got up there and just, and then the first person I said, the first person I want to thank is Tim Sheens for sacking me in 95 because I wouldn't be here without him. So, you know, it was, it was brilliant, just brilliant. You got one back. What is it about the UK Super League that's addictive? I think, a, you know, you're a rugby league tragic if you still watch the Super League at all hours. A wonderful game, a very different game, yeah. but I love it still all these years later. Yeah, I do too, and and, and I like it because it's different. I yeah. like that it's an it's an attacking. It's not yep. just a defensive uh, game. Um, funnily, the NRL is a bit more attacking now, but it it was just a different style of footy. But what I did when I was over, I fell in love with footy again. And mm. you know, you've seen the same. I've seen heaps of players go over there that are deemed not good enough or are on the scrap heap. Yep. And you know, like Jackson Hastings, perfect example. Um, I remember saying to his dad, sending a message saying, you know. To hurry to, you should tell him to go over there because he'll rediscover his love mm. for footy, you know. And you know he, he did that on his own bat, but you know lots of players have gone over there, made a name for himself, and come back because you you just learn to love footy and you yep. play a different style of footy, and then you can come back and st- still do it over here, just mm. adding something to your game. In retirement, you remained extremely active in the game. Uh, you're a footy tragic, aren't you? Yeah. Is that about as simple as it gets? Yeah, probably a little bit less now. Yeah, in terms, of I don't watch as much footy as I used to. Uh, life's busy, I guess. Yeah, um, I don't agree with some of the some of the yes the rule changes. Um, you know, with 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 what's happening in the game, I agree on I agree on head knocks. Yeah, I agree on that, but I don't agree on all the stuff that goes mm. around that. You know, um, our game's safer now than ever ever uh, compared to sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Um, but I, I love rugby league. Um, I live and breathe it. I'm, you know, I coach. Yes, so I'm coaching the women's game, so I, I, I enjoy that. And yeah, just it's in your blood. The women's game. You're a champion for it. You're actively involved. I love the direction it's going in. Generally, in terms of participation and quality. What about you? Yeah, well, it's grown just in the time I started with the Queensland side as assistant coach mm. and. Just to, you know, about six, seven years ago, I've, I watched. I started watching it in two thousand. I think it was the World Cup. I went and watched Australia play New Zealand at Castleford at Weldon mm. Road, and you know, and watched those girls. Then took a bit of a notice with those girls all the way through, and um, Karen Murphy and and Steph Hancock and that, and then then got to coach mm. coach uh, Steph and a few of those, and then I got to coach Queensland, been the Gillaroos of folksy and. Yeah, the improvement's unbelievable. So it's it's good, you know, it's everyone's talking about, you know, they've got to be professional. Well, it'll come, you know, and yeah. it'll come. We all had to work as well and um it'll it'll come and you know, the standards just improving all the time. The Adrian Vowles Cup, that's giving back to the community, the community that made you. Yeah, that's one of the best things I've ever I've ever done. Um Along with coaching the mm. Fiji Bully Coolers, that's yeah. um, women's side. Um, yeah, just amazing. Mate, who's now the mayor of Charleville, rang me up and said, "Mate, why don't we start an under 14s comp over a weekend and get as many towns to come and play?" And I went, uh, "And we'll name it after you." And I said, "Oh, just 
we'll do it, but don't name it after me. And then, anyway, I was, no, 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 we're naming after you. You're from here. And, you know, I agreed to disagree. And um, we got three teams in 2014. Yeah. And then this year we had 38 teams. So we've grown it. And under 14s, under 16s, and, and girls as well. And, and we brought in this year between 300 and 400K into the town over the weekend. And, you know, it's booked out. Every place is booked out. Oh. It's it's tent city at the ground. All those teams spend money all the way out, and yeah, it's we're so because we didn't start thinking about bringing money in the town. We just wanted to give the country kids footy yep. because footy is dying in the bush, and I don't think enough's been done about it. Um, but we didn't think about money into the town and the, the other towns mm. as well. And we're very proud of that. And that's again, it's so so stoked that we've done it, and so proud that we've. We're making a difference. Is there a simple fix for bush footy? No, but there does need to be a – people need to get in a room and the people at, at the top need to – you know, there's so many footballers that have come from the bush. Yeah. You can't just let it die. If no. two if two blokes can run a carnival that brings 38 teams and we work, yeah, why can't the people who are paid do more to mm. – to, it's not easy. It's not easy. And I'm, I don't have all the answers either, but you've got to, you know, everyone's got to be accountable parents, coaches, administrators, and the, mm. but they've got to put, it's not just throwing money out at it. They've got to come up with the answers. And, but ask the people who are out there to don't make the decisions at the top and, and about, from the city office. From the city office when you've never been to the town, yeah. you know. So, what are you up to work wise, mate? I run a commercial cleaning. Company Bella Group Services. So, where can we find them? You can find us on Facebook. You find us on www.bellagroupservices.com, um, or just ask me. I'm on social media, but yeah, we do uh, commercial cleaning stuff, pubs, clubs, gyms, shopping centres, and um, part of a bigger group in the Central Coast and Newcastle. And yeah, love it. Absolutely love what I'm doing. I get to talk to people all the time, and and then uh, still coach my footy as well. Uh, uh, hopefully I'll get the coach Fiji again at some stage when the border's open. But, yeah, just, you know, for me it's that and family, so. An outstanding career on the field, equally as impressive in retirement and a sizable and enduring footprint on the sport you love. Adrian Vowles, you, sir, are a legend. The Legend Series drops the start of your working week. It's where we profile some of the biggest names in sport, the athlete, the person too. The Weekly Wodge arrives just in time for some weekend listening. It's the fastest and coolest potty on the market. It's fast-paced, we talk footy, have plenty of laughs as well, and on any one episode you can hear up to a dozen of the game's finest, both past and present, with exclusive content. Before you head back to the real world, we'd love a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. A five-star rating, of course. It simply helps us spread the word as we look to grow the unfiltered brand and bring you more. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Make sure you come back soon, legends. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. 
With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them.